0: And in those moments, I would feel like my entire integrity was being held into question over whether or not I actually did send out that email, and that would activate my saboteurs into overdrive. Hey, it's Julie, and welcome to the Corporate Yogi Podcast. I am curious, have you ever worked with someone who was really difficult and always thought that they were right and always thought their ideas were superior and better than yours and was never, ever, ever wrong, never made a mistake no matter how many mistakes they actually made? Do you know someone like this? Well, for most of us, we run into these people at some point in our career. Or maybe you've come across them in your personal life. Either way, they can be really frustrating. And let's be honest, admitting that you're wrong or that you made a mistake, it's not really fun. And I know this is something I've struggled with too, but it is a muscle that can be built over time. And with a lot of practice, it does get easier, trust me. And it stings a lot less each time we do it and we build up the muscle. I think what is really helpful for us is diving in to admit that you're wrong and doing this right away before that concrete sets, so to speak. And rather than putting your energy into finding loopholes to prove that you're right and the other person is wrong, just surrender and admit that you're wrong immediately. So I had a client share a story recently of how he dug in when... A bunch of friends called him out on some factoid that he said that was clearly wrong. He got defensive and then he confessed to me that he spent four hours online doing research, trying to dig around and find a loophole to prove to them that he was right. He wanted to save face, but deep down inside, he knew that he was wrong and this really ticked him off. So one thing that I have to cop to is combing through email to prove that in fact, I actually did send something. So here's a scenario that used to happen. Someone says, Oh, you know, I didn't get that email or I don't think you sent that through. Well, in that moment, my stickler saboteur just takes over and jumps in and says, Oh hell yeah, I did send that through and I can prove it. And then I proceeded to waste copious amounts of time combing through my sent email box, so in every single email box, trying to locate that email to prove, to uphold that I was right and resend it to them just to be the one with the upper hand. Ugh, oh, yuck. I cringe. I cringe at every single time I used to do this, but I do have to confess that I used to do that a lot. Not so much anymore because A, I feel like I'm more grounded and able to let things like that go. And B, I don't technically have colleagues who challenge me on things like that before. So I don't think the situation comes up that often. But hey, that was definitely something pretty cringy that I used to do all the time. I remember in that moment, I would just feel like my entire integrity was being questioned over whether or not I actually sent out an email, and that would activate all my saboteurs into overdrive. So what about you? Do you have an instance like my email where you felt the need to defend, to uphold your righteousness? Have you ever gone on an email witch hunt trying to track down some rogue email and uphold your integrity? Well, the theme of this episode today is about being attached to being right and how that's not necessarily a good thing. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First, I'm going to introduce you to a model that will help you to understand this concept in a very, very crystal clear way. In the second segment, I will teach you how you can use this model. And then lastly, in the third segment, I'll explain when to use this model. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? A few years ago, I read the book called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. It's written by the folks at the Conscious Leadership Group, and I loved that book. I would highly recommend it to anyone, but especially those of you who are actually people managers. It was a brilliant book, and I did read through it and truly align with everything that they teach. You know, when you read a book and you just feel like, wow, you guys are in my head believing everything that I believe. You're just way ahead down that road of me, and you've taken the time to curate it all into this brilliant book. So I highly recommend that if you want to check it out. Again, it's called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. Now, one of my favorite parts of the book, one that was really, really sticky and uh, stayed with me all these years later, was learning about a model that they created called the conscious leadership model. And you're either above the line or below the line. Now, learning this model and using it with my clients, wow, was a complete game changer for me. And I actually keep a printed version of it close to my computer. So whenever I'm on a client call, I can bust it out and use that as a teachable moment. Now there are so many different models I use with clients, you know, the zone of genius, the conscious competence model, the grow model, the circle of influence. But this one, this conscious leadership model, it is hands down my favorite. And I would say it's the one that I use the most often. For a couple of reasons. First, it's simple. It's really, really simple. And even if you're talking to someone and you don't have that tool visually to share with them, because, you know, let's face it, not all teachable moments that we have are convenient enough to have a whiteboard and markers handy beside us. So it's really easy to just explain to someone without them having that visual to be able to see it. But I also love it because it's really impactful and it doesn't leave any wiggle room to argue or disagree with the model. So let me explain what I mean about the simplicity. And I'm going to walk you through it right now so you can visually get this burned into your brain. So it starts with a line a simple line, a horizontal line. So take a second to visualize that. So a line that runs left to right. Then there are only two other components in the model. You can either be operating above the line or below the line. And that's it, boom. Three simple elements, the line being either above the line or being below the line. So here's where it starts to get good. When you are operating above the line, you are committed to growth and to learning, which is good, right? This is where we're being our best selves. We're being open-minded. We're thriving in our growth mindset. We're learning, we're growing. And when you're operating below the line, then we're committed to being right. We're stuck in our opinion, in our perspective, in doing things our way. We're not being our best selves at this point. We're not in a growth mindset. So those are the three different aspects of the model. The line, being above the line, being below the line. And the thing is, you can never be in both places at once. You can only ever be operating above the line or below the line. And this is exactly why I love the model, because there isn't any gray area for people to have when they look at it all of these different tools I use I would say this model really elicits the most honesty and the most silent reflection you know those moments when people kind of they shut down and you can just see the hamster wheel turning inside their brain they're like okay there's a little bit of tough love in here I don't really like it but I know deep down inside that it's true I love having those moments with clients because that's when I see those biggest, biggest shifts. That silent reflection, right? So to this day, I've never really had anyone find a loophole completely out of this model. In fact, most people, when I introduce it, say, oh, that's really good. I'm going to keep that by my desk, or I'm going to share that with so-and-so, even on a personal level. I'm going to share that with my partner, because they really need to see that. It's basically irrefutable. Now, if you want to have a better visual of what this model looks like, this conscious leadership model, I did post a visual of it I just put up on my Instagram, so you can check it out there. I'm at the Corporate Yogi. All right, now that you fully understand how this model works, how do you use it? Well, I'd suggest using it in two different ways. First, on yourself, because we've got to have that self-mastery, right? That self-understanding before we start to do the second, which is use it on others. So first off, I want to burn it into your brain. There isn't a need to carry around the model once you've got a good visual of it, because it's really Simple and doesn't take long to memorize, but you can keep it handy if you absolutely want to. You just basically think of the line, then what's above the line, and then what's below the line. I do have the model on my brain whenever I find myself feeling resistance to a certain situation, to an idea, to maybe a person, I simply ask myself, am I being above the line or am I being below the line right now? And it instantly snaps me back to consciousness and gives me the answer that I need to help me administer my own tough love. So the other way to use the model is to introduce it to another person and use it as a tool, maybe with a team member, a peer, a colleague, basically anyone that you know or interact with. I use it all the time, like I said, with clients, and I generally find that people respond to it really positively. Okay, so here's a couple steps that might help you use it with great success, all right, when you're using it with others. First, ask permission, right? We always want to make sure that we have buy-in from the other person before we segue into a teachable moment. So it could look like this. Hey, can we take a second to look at the conscious leadership model? Or I want to introduce you to something or I want to pull out something that I think would be really helpful here in finding a perspective. And never in more than 10 years of coaching have I ever had someone say no when I ask permission. It's simply just something that we need to do to get buy-in and really make sure that that person is open-minded and ready. The second step is to walk them through it. Explain what the model means. What does above the line mean when we are in a mental state of being committed to growth? What does below the line mean when we're in the mental state of being right and rigidly attached? Third, the third step is to ask them where they think they are right now. Now, this is an important step, right, because we sometimes feel the urge, because this model is so brilliant, to really tell them where they are specifically, hey, you're below the line right now. But we have to be really careful here, because when we do that, we violate the pure nature and the essence of the entire model, right? Because then we're slipping into our pattern of us being right and being attached to being right. So with this last step, this is a great opportunity to use a lens of curiosity, be a little playful here, right? A little open-minded. So, hey, I'm really curious, where do you think you are right now in this model? Now, I'd say here, 95% of cases, people will own that they are operating below the line. Most people have that self-awareness. Sometimes I've had a little bit of resistance when people are really, really charged and they try to actually argue that they're in both, they're above the line and below the line, which isn't really how the model works. So you typically have to be in one or the other. So if you do find people finding a hard time owning being in the bottom or being right, then you can use a 2% truth tool, which is simply done by saying, well, Is there 2% truth here that you are committed to being right in this situation? So by downgrading the ownership and just making it a single digit, like it's only 2%, but is there 2% of you that is committed to being right here? This is a really valuable tool because it helps people to own what they're doing in a smaller percentage. And What we really want to do, though, is we want to avoid telling them that they they are below the line because that just aggravates their saboteur. So remember the steps. Ask permission. Explain it. And then be curious and let them plot themselves as either above or below. Okay, now that you understand how to use it, when do we use it? The most common example for me is when people are in an unconscious state and they are really rigidly attached to their idea, their perspective, their solution. Also, when they don't want to accept that they've made a mistake, this is actually a really good time to use the model too. Another common use is when they are in a strong narrative and they're recounting a story with other people of how the other person was wrong, so wrong, and it was just their job to point out how wrong that other person is. And this is obviously the most ironic situation of all, right? Because The truest and most angered time that we get upset about someone else being wrong is usually when we are attached to being right. And these are the situations where the model comes in the most handy. So those are a few examples of when you might use the model. And like I said earlier, most clients really do love it and they get it right away. It's just so simple that there's no arguing with it. Now, one other tip that you may want to use is to introduce the model before you actually need it. And this can be part of doing your relationship design with your team members, or it could be a workshop that you do with your whole team to introduce everyone to it. And really, quite simply, it can just be part of a weekly team meeting or a development meeting. And you can say, hey, I came across this really interesting podcast that introduced this model. Here's how the model works. I'm definitely going to be using it regularly to check in on myself, especially when I'm feeling stuck on a topic. And you might too. Then you can open it up for discussion and maybe even share examples of when you have operated below the line in the past. And you're welcome to share my example and talk about this coach who Wasted untold amounts of hours sifting through email boxes just to track down and prove that she actually had sent out an email communication. Go for it. If that helps you, you know, frame this up with your team, you go right ahead. Then open up the discussion to see if anyone else has a scenario or a pattern that they want to confess to. So I always find it optimal to introduce these tools and these models when we're in an uncharged or a neutral state because it gives people more of a calm energy to understand them because they're less defensive and they're more likely to be honest about their unconscious behavior. Okay, it's time to wrap up this episode on the conscious leadership model. Let's recap what you are taking away and what you learned in this episode. You learned what the model is. It's a horizontal line and above the line is growth. Below the line is committed to being right. We can only operate either above or below. So if we're below, we're committed to being right. And then we're shut off from learning, which is so sad, isn't it? When you use this model with others, follow these three steps. You ask permission, you explain the model, and then you ask them where they think they are right now and when to use it. Ideally, introduce this model in a non-charged state before the teachable moment happens. But you can also introduce it in the moment if you think people are stuck or they're in a state of blame towards others or they're not owning a mistake that they made. And please, I would love to hear how this model goes for you. When you start using this model with your team, let me know the feedback, what worked, what didn't work. And please ask me any questions that you have at all. You can always get a hold of me via my website or on Instagram or LinkedIn, wherever you follow me. Okay. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love you to share it with someone who really needs to hear it. When we're introducing a specific tool like this today, well, this is a great conversation starter. Send around this podcast episode to have everyone on your team listen to it. And I look forward to seeing you next Tuesday for another great episode. And please remember that whenever you feel fear, or resistance that you hold deep inside of you. It is simply just your greatness in disguise.